Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have Julie Briccini leading us on a great topic at this time of the year, PPC testing in 2024. Yeah, testing is very important. It's really what we should spend, I'd say, 80 to 90% of our time is doing. It's not about new stuff. It's not about, you know, just trying to just implement every new thing that comes out, every new update that Google does. And even when those updates um, come out. It's not just about putting them in place. It's about testing them. It's about comparing them to what you're already doing because some things might not need to change, but some things might need to change. And because one tool is working for one of your competitors doesn't mean that is the kind of things that you should be doing, but you should test it and let the data, you know, literally lead your strategy and your direction. So yeah, we talk all about that in terms of what we're testing how testing has changed over time, how we're approaching it, biggest testing frustrations, and yeah, of course, the type, kind of the different types of things that we, we plan on testing. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Slack discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I'm recording from my studio here in London, UK to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions and even if you do then like follow share and retweet on that's right twitter with my handle the marketing anu or join us in our linkedin group which is the ppc chat roundup or if you're on instagram check us out at ppc chat underscore roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes so yeah we have julie taking us on another very lively chat about testing how to go about it frustrations we have with it etc etc but before we get into the questions yeah this chat is intended for ppc professionals of all levels as she likes to you know mention at the beginning of the chat so if you have something you want to share please do we are a friendly and supportive community please don't be afraid to participate and even if you don't want to participate you can go back into the slack channel which is PPC chat within the PPC chat Slack group to check out the past answers, past questions and answers given by our experts. And if you though just want to sit back and relax and just listen to and you don't have time to actually start reading all the answers given, well, welcome to this episode. Thank you for joining us on another week and I hope you find it very useful. So let's get into the questions, shall we? So yeah, Julie goes, yeah, let's go. How do you think testing in PPC has changed in the last few years? Does it defer by platform? Now, I leave this to the experts because I've not really done testing across different platforms and not done much testing in the last few months, few years, even maybe a year or so, because I've been more in the strategic point of view and giving my clients ideas and things they should test. Dwayne answers this one saying, yeah, Google ads going from ETA to RSA has changed a lot since everything is dynamic. That's true. Julie goes, particularly in Google ads, the ability to test ad copy has really been hampered with the switch to only RSAs. We can't test headlines directly against each other, for example, like we used to. Julia Vice as well said, isolating variables is really difficult now with so many all-in-one products. Julie also responds saying, I also really miss the data that I used to be able to take from Google Ads and apply elsewhere. 
Robert Brady as well says dynamic seems to be the name of the game in ad creative across most platforms and the reporting has become much more opaque. Julia Vice goes, yeah, that's so true. I used to test YouTube audiences in social, but everyone's advice is broad, broad, broad. Let the machine do it. And Julia as well says, yeah, well, Julia, Google certainly wants us to just go broad and let the AI do the heavy lifting or figure it out. Robert Brady as well says the platforms definitely don't want practitioners going granular anymore. Dogar Thomas goes, I think the rhetorical change from Google is really interesting as it's gone from you can do all the math yourself to math is really hard. And I think we're still reeling from a few years ago when that change occurred and we couldn't keep using high school stats to be at the forefront of data methodologies. Julia as well responds to Doug there saying, I think along with what you say, what with what you're saying, we had the you can't ever know what we know. So don't even try, right? Dogar Thomas goes, maybe because I'm dealing with such tiny accounts, but the rhetoric I get is all right. You've got how many variables running? No problem. Can you show me the regressions you're running? MD response saying testing with shopping within shopping doesn't feel like it has ever changed or improved. Dogar Thomas goes, and the answer is invariably, LOL, I don't have time to do linear regressions with much less the multimodal regressions that are necessary to do the math. Julia as well goes, yeah, well, all the platforms continue to act like accounts of all sizes perform the same, which is laughable. Account volumes impacts performance much more now with all of the automation in play. It very much is. It's really, I'm I'm finding it hard to see how, yeah, small businesses with small volumes can really succeed in this area. It's it's even from the point of view of where I work with the guys at ClickTech and the accounts there. I do understand, you know, it's the more data you give it, the better decisions it makes. And that's just the the, the the core of it all. So how do companies starting off manage to actually grow their data? Mm, maybe paid media isn't the way to go as when you're just starting off. I don't know. Robert Brady responds saying the platforms are also trying to capture any excess surplus from the auction environment. Savvy advertisers were always able to produce great returns because they were better than average inside the bidding system. As Google particularly moves to almost all smart bidding, they can scoop more of that surplus by mixing in lower quality inventory to higher quality and keep everyone just barely at their targets and rhetorical breaking break even points. Dogar Thomas as well says like I remember when I ran a baby math analysis of copy I found 48 variables then and I think I was only scratching the surface. Doing a single tailed t-score was definitely not the right methodology to say the least about experiment design. Travis Beerschelder as well responds saying the singular biggest change has been the conversion from a demand capture platform to one where demand gen and demand capture blend. It's a tectonic shift and it's in the best interest of growing the company. Insert shareholder comment here. Advertisers have been forced to adapt accordingly. And then Julie takes us on to question two asking how are you approaching testing these days? Does it differ by platform? Julia Weiss starts us off saying it's been really difficult, particularly with clients that don't have in-platform conversions. Things change or don't work as expected, question mark. Julia as well goes, yeah, these days I am recommending a lot more testing on the post-click side of the equation. It has absolutely always been important. Hello, former web designer here. But with all the automation level out, out the opportunities on the pre-click side 
of the equation, testing what will lead to more conversions and then using that in the ad copy is more where I'm advising right now. Julia as well says, yeah, great point, Julia Vice. It is a lot harder to diagnose issues now than in yesteryear. Dwayne Brown goes, ad copy gets harder to do with Google's RSA. We try to use each ad to test a point of view or copy angle. Then all the copy in one ad talks about that point of view or copy angle. Dogar Thomas as well says, a big shift in my thinking has been away from statistical significance. I feel like I can do better work ignoring the math and pointing at big picture results. We're up 20% year on year in KPI 1, 40% period over period in KPI 2, etc. Small incremental changes in the intermediate metrics don't matter as much and it's better to discuss those real results. Julie as well says, yeah, I think we are also now in an era where our testing is more directional than granular and that is so weird. We have spent so many years leaning into all the data we had access to and all that is or has shifted. Robert Brady as well goes, yeah, isolating single variables is nearly impossible now. Testing has to be broader and more thematic, but it is still possible or basically what Julie Bencini said above. Travis Bierschel as well says, yeah, I agree with much of what's been said here so far. For clients with large enough budgets and sophistication, market holdout tests may be the answer. This is especially true as most platforms continue to obfuscate data in the name of privacy or it doesn't matter trust us and we go on to question three with julie asking what do you test most frequently keyword or audience targeting ad copy images etc our clients or stakeholders asking for any specific testing julia vice goes yeah lots of creative testing in terms of videos and basically channel testing does this channel move the needle for recall consideration and install sales in a particular region it's a slower process and riskier in terms of overlapping with existing channels then julie goes in google ads ad copy is most tested and i am providing more on competitive landscape and landing page experience. Robert Brady goes, ad copy testing is still impactful. It's the first place where you begin to differentiate yourself from competitors and set the tone or terms of the future relationship. Dogar Thomas goes, agreed with Julia, strategic testing, then UX on landing page, copy especially. Research shows that basic audience groups are less than 50% accurate. What real inference are you getting from that keywords don't really provide a null hypothesis ad copy frankly doesn't move the needle enough so what's the point not five percent more ctr really getting you and he continues and to be honest that strategy can include a bunch of other things like keyword choice like copy tack but i think the test one element only was not a useful paradigm interesting julie responds to that saying i think with ad copy i like to test what resonates more for sure but what i really want to keep up with is how competitive are my clients ads relative to the other ads a searcher is likely to see Travis Bioshell as well responds saying, absolutely targeting first, creative second. Since you can't isolate individual creative elements, it makes little sense to spend time guessing what works on that format. Um, sorry, on that front. 
Find audiences that deliver results within KPIs. Put forth quality creative flex with seasonality, updated assets, and to an extent, the audiences themselves. We're far beyond the days of does this headline hit or miss. Travis as well as responds saying, I also have been harping on YouTube. Clients need to get this platform in order to succeed through Google ads, organic video, building awareness, etc. Looking ahead. Slobodan responds saying, in Google ads, I started testing a lot. Some of the tests that I always run are broad match keywords, broad match keywords with audience segmentation, smart bidding for competitor like every single time. I have requests by clients to test manual bid versus target impression share versus max conversion versus anything. And usually I have continuous, continual A-B tests just for this category. RSA goes, and then he goes, RSA, I usually found that if I keep same controlled pinned headlines for RSAs, I only test description ad copy. Juan de Garcia, Juan de Gracia even says keywords and ad copy is what we test the most. And we go on to our second to last question of the chat, and that is question four. And Julie asks, what are your biggest testing frustrations? Does it vary by platforms? And yeah, lots of answers for this one. (laughs) Julie starts us off saying, I think my frustration lately comes more from the lack of understanding of experienced advertising clients about how significantly things have changed in the world of PPC. A lot of taking a deep breath and taking a step back to do education on how it all works in 2024 and helping clients let their now antiquated ideas go. Travis Bierschel goes, yeah, probably similar to many, but I miss the ability to say X caused Y with Z's confidence. The decoupling of keywords, creative and audiences from hard performance data is particularly frustrating. It forces us to zoom out, which is healthy at times, but it reduces the ability to pivot, double down or change directions from more micro efforts. Robert Brady as well says, yeah, we should definitely mention how Google used headline text in descriptions, right? (laughs) Mm, Lord, and he shows he he shares a link to a search engine land article, which I will share in the show notes. So look out for that. And he continues, even in areas you think you have influence, you may not. Julia as well says, great point, Robert. Google is doing all kinds of stuff all the time that we don't know about. Constantly testing things like this, it is almost impossible to keep up. So yeah, so if the likes of Google are always testing, so should you, right? Julia as well then goes, yeah, I think Anthony Higman posted about more shenanigans in local ads where advertisers' choices are being completely ignored. Is this a test? We don't know. And I'll share the link to Anthony's uh, tweet there. Travis Bierschel goes, at some point, though, there has to be a departure from the concept that the subjective human mind is a better instant judge of conversion potential than machine learning. I understand and appreciate the need for control. I still want it. But for brands where that matters less, machine learning beats the human mind far more often than it doesn't. Doug then responds as well saying, I swing wildly in a few directions. The ad strength on various platforms is a baffling metric metric and makes it hard to do anything. The lack of ability for the platforms to make normal marketing decisions aligned with platform choices is maybe the biggest frustration. Travis as well then goes, yeah, obviously there are areas where control matters greatly, i.e. legal, MPOs and certain brand accuracy needs. Robert Brady as well responds to Travis saying, at scale, I agree with you. For small to mid-sized advertisers without the needed budget to pursue 
to produce enough data flow for the algorithms. The intuition of the advertiser and business owner or employee can do better than low volume machine learning. Julia Weiss as well goes, just not being able to give definitive answers and even designing tests. It is so much more vague now and there is so much room for unplanned results. Very hard to build a strategy if you don't know why something works or doesn't work and that's in response to our main question dogar thomas as well says i want to test if my ads focusing on benefits worked better or if my ads focusing on brand name worked better okay there's literally no way to get that answer and i think that's something that an automated nlp analysis could be very valuable and Travis as well responds to Doug saying, yeah, most higher or Google reps tell you to ignore this alert on platforms. Ad strength has no impact on quality score or auction strength. Dogar Thomas responds as well saying, but also I think we spend a lot of time testing things that are so far away from best practices that it's baffling what we're even doing. I talk about benefits there. The amount of feature focus copy is laughable and we create it in part to meet the requirements of the platforms because we have our one good ad already. Travis as well responds saying, I I sort of agree in theory, but given the sheer volume of learning data Google has at its disposal, I still think it makes better calls after say 100 impressions than any human can. It's leaning into the law of large numbers to a degree. And Julia as well says, again, I am going to mention competitiveness. This is going to be even more important as we move into this new era with Google making so many decisions about what gets shown to whom and when we need to be surer than ever that our ads are compelling and competitive. It is amazing to me how many businesses just completely ignore this as if they truly believe that only thought process that happens for a searcher is to look only at their ad and say, yeah or nay, mind blowing. Robert as well says, I like these kinds of discussions. Yeah, very interesting discussion. I think very lively as well. Julie responds to Travis saying, I think Google make decisions, declares winners way too fast. They will do it within days not even let a full week go by. It zeroes it in on behaviors that happened on Monday and Tuesdays. Let's say, what if behaviors are quite different on Fridays and Saturdays? They will very much be. Google may have already decided before getting that data. That to me is a problem. Hmm. So Google are making decision on little data, on small amount of data. Isn't the whole future of the fact that we Google needs a lot more data to actually make a decision. That's a very interesting point of view. Travis Bierschel as well responds to Julie. They're saying, I no longer see time that something is live or even click on impression counts as valid measuring sticks in this age. With auction analysis happening in fractions of a second plus a mountain of historical data in Google's quiver, something works or it doesn't. It's competitive or it's not. I think there are too many scapegoats to surface before brands have truly exhausted audience, creative, bid, and landing page testing. Anjali goes, yeah, I think Google knows a lot, but they don't know everything, particularly about specific businesses. I wish there were more inputs where advertisers could at least tell the machine important things, such as we consistently do more businesses, more business on weekends versus weekday, so the machine could benefit from knowledge the business has rather than starting in the dark with only their data to go on. A collaborative effort would be so much better and stronger and give Google even more data. And Travis is spot on right there, but actually isn't the whole idea of the fact that 
people have google has a lot of data has seen a lot of things in terms of seasonality and knows already that data especially the level of what days of the week a different business has because if you're a new business going into in, into an industry that has been around for a long time and its brands have been advertising those different kind of brands have been advertising on google google has the data of a business like yours as to whether business happens during the week or during the weekend so i don't know that's a very this is a very interesting discussion that i will be actually taking inspiration for for several linkedin posts because i think these are the kind of things that we should be discussing amongst ourselves what data does google really know and watch much more data do we need to be giving google that day it's impossible for them to actually know so yeah very interesting anyway so we go on to our last question of this this chat now and google um, google asks no google doesn't ask anything julie asks are there things you want or plan to test in the first half of 2024 travis beershaw um starts us off saying i want to give youtube a fierce swing somehow in 2024 it's still a slept on search of inventory it is as worthy an investment with enough market penetration as any other top of funnel effort. I have a working model for how to move the needle for both online and in-store purchases predicted on X penetration over Y interval of time. Eager to launch that and provide and prove or disprove its validity. Julia Vice goes, we're introducing Snap to a client who hasn't tried it yet. So that's Snapchat. Comscore, I know, I know, shows a strong percentage of unduped audience available from IG. So that I know, I know was in brackets. So Comscore in brackets, I know, I know, shows a strong percentage of unduped audience available from IG. So we're feeling good and about recall scores and sales. Julia as well says, I keep saying that I'm going to do more PMAX, but it just isn't a great fit for clients I generally work with. I want to get better versed in it, but can't recommend it solely for that reason. Julie goes, yeah, TikTok probably should not be slept on either. And she shares a, a link to an article from Search Engine Land as well that says TikTok gains traction as a search engine among Gen Z a study done julia vice goes tiktok is it do not ignore it robert brady goes yeah in in response to travis Bearshell going keep us updated on your youtube efforts tons of good inventory but mountains of worthless junk as well dogar thomas goes i have some decent experience with youtube and would suggest pairing that with other ott happy to chat or collab on it hmm Maybe a chat about YouTube advertising in the future is on the on the cards. So yeah, I think Julie should look out for that. So Travis responds to Robert Brady saying channel targeting. It's limited, needs to be stacked significantly for scale, but it's safest. Dogar Thomas goes, yeah, 100%. Only target by channel. Choose your channel specifically. There's no way to do audience targeting effectively on YouTube. Given the use cases of the platform, you will always get the wrong user in a household. Kim Routley responds saying, it's YouTube for us, but how to leverage for B2B in a saturated market? Yeah, that's a good question. Travis Bearshaw goes, yeah, in response to Dogar Thomas saying, not likely, not unlike linear or CTV, it's messy. Always has been, and there's no way around that. Geo-based lift studies are going to be the only way to vet whether the investment was ROE positive. Even with that, proving new customer incrementality will be almost impossible, at least with YouTube, you can fail smaller. 
Dog Art Thomas goes very much like TV. I think folks forget there's, oh, 70 years of making good TV ads to pull from when they do YouTube or OTT or CTV creative. Julie as well goes, yeah, in response to Dog Art Thomas saying, our house is a perfect example of YouTube targeting limitations, which are not their fault. Kid is 11 all her devices use my logins, Google and Apple. So they think a middle-aged lady is viewing ads. But surprise, at least half the time, it is a tween. <laughs> Dogar Thomas goes 100%. I see it all the time. 80% of the spend is on kids programming and gaming programming. 19.9% is on influencer stuff and MFA channels. The rest is maybe in market. So... That brings us to the end of that chat. We had a very interesting chat about that, about testing. I think there'll be loads of useful takeaways for you guys. I hope you found that um, to be the case. And I'm seeing here, yeah, Julie has said that there is no audio chat this week. So unfortunately, yeah, this is going to be the one chance of you either hearing or getting the expert's advice given on the Slack group. Go in there if you want to see that in writing. So I hope you've taken um, some great takeaways there and found that useful. Yeah, so if, but if you want to chat more about this, it's about going on the Slack group in there and going to the PPC Chat Slack channel. For any feedback about the podcast or even some correction and anything that has been shared, find me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn the most. So just find, if you search for Add the Marketing Anu, you'll find me as well or just find my name, Anu Adekbola. You'll find me there we also have a ppc chat roundup group to join as well it'd be great for any long-standing or brand new listeners yeah to give the podcast a review it really helps with the growth strategy of the podcast and you can do that on spotify or apple or the other channels if you just go to linktree.com forward slash roundup sorry linktree.com forward slash ppc chat underscore roundup you will find the ways to just leave a quick rating and yeah we've got about just over two weeks or is it two weeks on the dot for the next ppc ppc live event yes you're going to be hearing me saying ppc live more often and more news to come about that later on but yeah we're going to be having some great talks about data privacy we're going to be having some great talks about demand supply in paid search as byron to sony resh resh's talk is going to be talking about yeah demand and supply models in paid search we're going to have amy stamper talking about paid media in a post cookerless world we're going to be having holly kelly talking about the importance of ppc and seo integration so yeah please join us for that go to ppcliveuk.com to yeah look for where you can get tickets for that tickets are only 20 pounds for that and that'll be on the 1st of february and we've got a location in soho like central london so that should be accessible for as many of you as possible so Finally, remember, for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week. 